0: feel like the government continues to usurp more and more control over your daily life. What's the solution? Well, it probably isn't to create even more government. Better Dead Than Red begins now.
1: Welcome back to Better Dead Than Red, and today I got Delta Lima with me, and as usual, we got plenty to talk about. So the first thing I want to touch on, information security. I mean, and this goes across the board, like just with the internet and everything in general. Like you got to protect your personal information. You don't want that getting out there because people will try and you know find a way to use it against you, you know, or try and get you fired from your job or whatever because they don't like your opinion. And there's people like that's that's just what they do. And so I don't think it's you know operating on. Um, a bit like a anonymity or anything like that like you know the first thing people say oh that's cowardly that's whatever it's like no like when you're when it's you or a small group of people against essentially the government who has unlimited money unlimited resources unlimited manpower like you you, you got to pick your battles and you have to fight them appropriately like you don't it, it would right. just be it just be like saying you know all the the insurgents in Iraq, they're cowards because the way they fight, well, no, they're just, that's how they have to fight because they would never be able to stand toe-to-toe with the U.S. military, so they have to be smart right. about it, and that's what we have to do, you know.
2: Exactly, right, right, so I guess we can kind of uh, lead into those kinds of conversations, so, and I have my uh, laptop ready here to look up some stuff, okay. and, um, you know, uh, maybe about the U- UJS portal you know looked up some of these people and they're out on unsecured bail even though they're technically supposed to be on probation so that's that's an indication or a possibility that they could be a confidential informant mm-hmm. so we're just saying that they allegedly could be a confidential informant
1: right. and
2: we just want people to be aware because we don't want people to get tripped up if they're innocent, basically.
1: Right. So it's basically you we'd know. it, it, it even get back to the, you know, the the Patrick Young theory. Well, if you don't associate with these people, well you got to know the people you shouldn't be associating with then, right? Oh yeah. And then, you know, if you're friends with anybody on Facebook, you must know them and sell drugs for them. Like that, that's the most outrageous freaking thing I've ever heard. Like that's exactly we all I think we all have people on our Facebook page that we've never even met. That you don't, oh, yeah. you know, maybe they posted a meme you liked, and one of you friended each other or something. It's like, I mean, that's not uncommon at all.
2: Yeah, people that um, are in business for themselves, they utilize social media to sell their product. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever that happens to be, and I mean, it could be a legitimate organization. You you see people posting stuff on these yard site sales. So if you respond to whatever it is they're selling, like a washer or dryer, let's say. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you? Because you associated with them, that you do drugs? If right. that's why they're selling the washer and dryer, right? You know?
1: and, and that's basically the the whole argument they made, you know. And then it's mm-hmm. it, 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 it's just ridiculous. And the 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 problem is that, like the the base issue with the drug cases is the standard, like the standard for reasonable doubt, is or, excuse me, burden of proof. The burden of proof is so low in these cases that it's literally somebody points a finger at you, makes an allegation, and that's enough to send you to jail for 40 years. Oh. Well, and the other thing that bothers me too is like not only do you have the CI aspect where obviously they get leniency in just about everything, even to the mm-hmm. point where they'll charge other people that were victims, you know, to so the CI maintains their alleged credibility. But then you have issues like um, I posted that one article that was the guy that uh, I think he had like he had like child porn on his phone or something and he's doing jail time. But Travis McMasters, right. who actively made a Facebook account to try and solicit pictures and he did from underage kids, he didn't do any jail time right but but he also worked at the DA's vic- victim witness office so it's like okay so yeah. what well, you know let's let's find the common denominator here like that's ridiculous mm-hmm. like obviously i think anybody that's dealing in child porn should go to jail but why is it certain people that in my opinion you know in my view that what travis mcmaster's did was worse he wasn't just looking at kiddie porn he was soliciting it soliciting it posing as a kid himself to get pictures from other underage kids on Facebook. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So but exactly. But he worked for All the right. DA victim witness office, so he won't go to jail.
2: Right. And and that is like that is the only difference that is out that with that case. Like that's the only difference mm-hmm. that he worked for the county. Yep. And well he can be rehabilitated, I guess, because he worked for the county. Yep. You know the question the million dollar question is is that would you let your kid hang out with this guy
0: yeah yeah
2: hell fucking no
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know and yeah so we can just kind of touch on a lot of stuff you know like surfaces some things and then um, um i want to continue on with the operation our town stuff so well and i think uh,
1: we should address the because there was a lot going around about allegedly you know moser got arrested and all this and
2: yeah, um, true.
1: Just real quick to throw that out there, because from what I've gathered, there was a, because I think I sent you that picture, it was like a screenshot of somebody who was incarcerated with the name Chris Moser, but the, the middle name was wrong and the age was wrong, and I think it was in Carbon mm-hmm. County or something, so it's like, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not bashing anybody here either, because like I know how it is, especially when you're kind of new to doing this stuff and you get some information and you're like, oh, it's the smoking gun, I got him, and you know you kind of got it. I kind of do the, the 72 hour rule thing where I'm not worried about being first. I'm just worried about being accurate and, right, right, you know, and, and you can't, you have to be careful because if you put it out there that this happened or that happened and it didn't happen, it kind of destroys your credibility. And oh. I, I've even seen instances where there's been willful disinformation put out by certain sources that, you know, originate with the authorities Because you start getting close to something and you're on to something and you're putting it out there. Now they got to destroy your credibility, so they're going to give you this bad information to put out that will be obviously wrong, and then people will think that everything you're putting out is wrong.
2: Exactly.
1: So, but from what I understand, there was – Moser hasn't been arrested, as far as I'm aware, or anybody at APD. There is allegedly – and an investigation into some misappropriation of funds.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now that doesn't mean there won't be other stuff forthcoming, and you know if the Feds really are looking into it, like I said, that's kind of a foot in the door. That's a good thing. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But okay. as far as like anybody that's out there that's like you know thinks Moser's going down, that's it's probably not going to happen this week anyway. So right, just just to get that out there, but yeah. I mean the back in the 2007 range. Well, I guess I could preface it with the old the old sheet story cuz I've I've heard this from multiple people that used to well, currently still do and used to work for them but allegedly the way cuz if you look at how sheets went it was like all of a sudden they just blew up and the original sheet store um, was kind of like a hole in the wall and it wasn't really like a good place to go, I guess. Like, they were just seemed, I guess they were just shady people, just from what I was told. But, allegedly, the reason they got so big was because Fioris basically used them as like their dirty money washing machine. So they're pumping all this dirty money into sheets and that's how they got as big as they were. Now, you look at Operation R-Town and it comes out in 2007. I think it And, you know, Sheets and Fioris are probably the top two players in that. And it's funny because, you know, the Fioris get all the mention, but Sheets is very much involved. I think it got to a point where the Fioris couldn't really tell Sheets what to do because they were, you know, Sheets was pretty big around 2007, and they've grown since then. So they, they come up with this organization, which in theory, if you needed to watch Dirty Money, nonprofit organization works as well as anything, you know. Exactly. So that's, that's just my thoughts on it. I don't, you know, I don't have anything concrete that I can back that up, but it's just something to think about.
2: So the whole organization got off the ground with, uh, Michael Fiore. Mm-hmm. He decided to donate money for the drug task force. Um, I guess back in 2007 timeframe. Yep.
1: yep. It was, that that's what the newspaper article says. It was 2007 when he, um, Specifically, I think was trying to purchase. I think it was body armor was one of the things that because he bought some equipment for the police is basically how it started.
2: Okay, so and then he decides, hey, wouldn't it be a great idea to create an organization to combat the drug um, problem in our communities? So. I guess to everyone that would sound like a pretty good idea, but what it's led into and it's such a huge organization and there's so many donors to it and there's thousands and thousands of dollars uh, going into this organization. And um, now it's become a special interest group. To Mm -hmm. me, it's no longer a nonprofit organization And from the first podcast on this topic, the two young ladies that you spoke with, you know, they felt that there were certain people that they were able to target.
0: Mm -hmm. So
2: they felt that certain people had targets on their back. And I never thought of it that way. But do you think that some of the people that were brought here by like the Salvation Army and some of these organizations that are supposed to help, uh, teenagers or youth from inner cities or other areas to come here and be those targets so that this organization looks good and, um, and the, the players in it, people that are donating money to it are looking good. Like they're really making this impact, but in fact, they're actually targeting people that were not originally from our area. Right. And so it just, it makes sense in some way. So the other thing is, um, as far as them being a special interest group, you know, they have so many donors. If you go onto their website and you click on, you know, partners and and who's donating the money, there's they have them divided by how much money they're donating, which I think is really odd because it says $10,000 and up. And they have uh, a list of organ uh, you know companies, businesses in the uh, Blair County area, and then some donating to this. And one of them is actually the district attorney's office. Mm-hmm. And also the Altoona Police Department. there are actually law enforcement and people that are part of our judicial system. That are donating money to this, but these are the very people that are making money off of Operation Our Town.
1: Right. Well, and another one of the big issues is the people on all the commit. Like you have judges on the committees, and all. It's like it, it. It's a. It should be a clear conflict of interest, but you know, it, the problem is everybody just like I said, the burden of proof is so low with the drug cases. Like anybody that's even has a finger pointed at them when it comes to drugs is going to jail, you know, unless she testify against me in the bullshit case that they tried to pull. Cause that, that bitch had, um, nine, nine felony drug charges and got probation. <laughs> Figure that uh, one out.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense. So, you know, they had their round table at the bullpen in Tyrone and they want to try and, you know, organize people and get volunteers to go do some leg work to try and, you know, combat the big drug situation in Blair County. Mm-hmm. So their idea of combating the drug problem is to take people who have a drug addiction and put them out there on the street to do controlled buys. They
1: and st- and, and let them, them use drugs to- at the same time.
2: Right, and let them use drugs and pay them. So if they were an organization that was completely fixated and completely focused on rehabilitation and drug awareness, then maybe I would be on board with it. But they have an operation that's going on where they're taking people that are addicted to drugs. It's very obvious that they're supporting their habit by selling drugs, Mm -hmm. taking these people, not letting them face their own consequences and have them out there trying to rat out other people. And they get so much pressure that, and they have this quid pro quo that they're they're not going to get any kind of jail sentence or they're going to get a much lighter sentence. Um, They have them, You know, holding that over their head. So the pressure is there. And some of these people have been doing this on and off for quite some time for the drug task force. So people are aware of them. Mm -hmm. Whether they sell drugs or whether they don't sell drugs, they're aware of them. So they don't want to associate with them. So it makes it harder for this confidential informant to actually make a legitimate buy from somebody. So what, they're, what they'll do is they're going to do something where they're going to set up a fake buy mm-hmm. or lie about somebody. And that's happened so many times. And, you know, just based on a family member's case, we've had to hire a private investigator. We've had to um, use a forensic analysis company to do data dumps of his cell phone. And show that there was no communication between him and this confidential informant. Mm-hmm. So there's and and the authorities that are involved in this particular case, they know this. They know that the CI is lying. There's no doubt at all that this confidential informant threw somebody under the bus, but they have such an ego that they don't want to admit they're wrong and throw the charges out. Mm -hmm. Instead they want to drag people through the mud and cost them thousands and thousands of dollars. And, you know, we have the resources to prove his innocence, but there are other people out there that don't have those resources. So they take it to a jury trial and they don't really have a proper defense Right? because let's face it, these public defenders, they, they don't do any more than they have to well
1: and and the biggest the biggest problem is is there's such a case overload i mean if you look at the amount of um public defenders compared to the the actual number of assistant district attorneys usually the district attorney's office has more (laughs) so and they're both handling the same amount of cases so what's that tell you
2: right and then when you go through this donor list with operation our town the district attorney's office is listed as a donor. Mm-hmm. That is a conflict of interest. How are they able to get away with something like that? Is is just it's just beyond my comprehension. I don't get it.
1: Well, it's because and, most most people are going to look at it and be like, oh, but but they're drug, you know, they're they're stopping the drug dealers and blah blah blah. But the million dollar question is, why is the drug dealer the CI? Who's obviously been in, at least been alleged to have been involved with drugs because why else would they be a CI, right? Right. Why is their word worth more than the other person that's accused? So you basically, it's like drug dealer versus drug dealer. So, like, who do you believe? But every time it's all oh, the CI must be telling the truth because they're working with the police, you know?
2: Right. And whenever these cases, whenever somebody takes it the whole way to a jury trial, so there, there's something something to be said with that, because why would they not take a plea deal and just make it go away? Right. Why would they take it the whole way to a jury to prove their innocence or try anyway? The problem in this county is the juries that are selected. It's very obvious that people that are being selected don't understand what burden of proof is and what reasonable doubt is. So, if there's reasonable doubt created in one way or another, then they are they're not listening to it. Mm-hmm. They just want to keep this narrative that law enforcement is always right and they must be guilty.
1: Well, and but then, then you have Matt, Matt Plummer sitting up there, you know, when I think there was a case the one time where they had, it was one of the situations where it was completely the CI's word, they didn't see the buy go down. It was like the CI went into a apartment building or a hotel or something with multiple rooms. And it was oh yeah, I bought it from this person. And Matt Plummer actually sits up there and the defense attorney, I think actually did a good job of questioning him and basically comes down to, well, I'm a police officer. So you can trust me. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. How many police officers have you seen in the news lately that are getting in trouble? Like there was a state trooper. Um, the story I read here a couple of days ago he, he's charged with child pornography. Well,
1: there's been, I'd say over the past two or three years, there's been multiple ones that have got hemmed up with that. So.
2: Yeah. So there, this is my philosophy, regardless of their occupation, if they're a human being, they're capable of lying and they are capable of misconduct and corruption. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, when you have a situation where you have a confidential informant and that's your only burden of proof, somebody who's already been arrested, somebody who has a criminal history, are they going to tell the truth or are they going to lie? That there is reasonable doubt. Now, if you have a confidential informant that has a surveillance video and the, and the controlled by is completely videotaped, there's no getting around it, and they trace the drug task force money, there's very little doubt. There's burden of proof right there. So the district attorney has created a, a burden of proof fallacy
0: mm-hmm. where
2: it's not really burden of proof, but people are buying it as burden of proof. Right, And that's why um, people need to understand what it means to be a juror. You need to actually abide by the entire constitution, not just the parts that you like that are sticking out in the media right now, like the first and second amendment. So people don't understand like what the fifth amendment is or the 14th amendment is, they completely ignore it. Mm-hmm. So when you have somebody on trial, they have constitutional rights. Mm-hmm. If the jury's going to sit there and take a nap and not listen to the defense, you're doing them an injustice. You're a hypocrite. You are not abiding by the u s. Constitution that you so much love and say you're a constitutionalist, and there's so many people in this county that are like that, and mm-hmm. it's mostly people that are on the Republican Party. They're always saying the u s Constitution that's against the Constitution. Well, why don't they feel that way when they're sitting in a as a juror, in a jury, right? Why are they not considering the Constitution then?
1: Well, and, and one of the big issues, too, I think is, I mean, I think as far as I'm aware, it hasn't changed. The last time I was at um, jury duty, it was like, I think you get paid like nine bucks a day or something. And it's like, so you have people that might have to not go to work that day. And they're so it's like you're losing money to sit here. It, it's almost like they kind of rig the jury because right off the bat, you're going to be, you're, you're going to, assume that the whole reason you're in this circumstance of being on the jury is because of that person that's sitting in the defendant's chair. So right there, you're biased off the bat. You know? Right,
2: right. So employers should reimburse you or pay you regardless if you are at work or if you're called for jury duty. So how many employers, well, employers we should
1: just the, the county should compensate you whatever you'd be making at work. Because you know what? Exactly. That would be a deterrent to stop bringing frivolous cases too because they'd be <laughs> actually have to pay people to sit there and listen to it.
2: Exactly. So, and, you know, that's, that's the whole motto of our county. Uh, like commissioners and anyone involved in like the prison board and those kind of uh, committees, they want to cut costs as much as possible. So this would just be something else out there that they don't want to, fund or, uh, use any money for, um, to pay a juror to right. be there. And, you know, so they don't lose any, uh, income.
1: Right. So, and I, th- I think I, I do, I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty sure those. I think those rates are set at the state level. So the question would be like, you know, the the, you know, all the Jim Gregory's out there that are doing so much for us. Like, why the hell haven't you fixed this?
2: <laughs> right, exactly. And, uh, yeah. You and, know, and
1: just- you know, while, while I'm thinking about it, because it just entered into my mind for some reason when you brought up, you said something I just thought um, we should touch on the Rhonda Russell thing here.
2: Right, right.
1: In, in case any, I mean, I think pretty much everybody is aware that George Biceland passed away, what some people probably aren't aware of is that he was the one to charter, yeah, so um i I don't know where it's going to go from here. I mean, I'm assuming the family's still going to have a they can still sue the city, you know what? And, and the real problem is absolutely nothing's changed, so
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. we're still putting our heads in the sand and be like, well, hopefully this won't happen, well, hopefully this won't happen again.
2: Right. And one and one of the things that they claim they're gonna change is anyone coming into central court is gonna be going through a metal detector and wanted. So
1: Well but for for this particular circumstance, what the hell does that do? That nothing that guy was in custody and he disarmed the officer. (laughs) Like, what the well, hell's a, he, so, uh, I'm assuming he probably didn't have any weapons on his person because he came from the prison, you know, <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> right. exactly. The, like, what sense does that make? That was the most asinine thing I think I've ever read. Like, what does that have to do with an inmate disarming a corrections officer? Absolutely nothing.
1: Yeah. It's like, and, if you're trying to pound a nail and you're like, well, I'll use a pair of pliers, you know, cause uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it'll probably work. <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, there was a procedure issue. That procedure issue um, wasn't carried out because they don't want to pay officers any overtime, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the
1: real been, problem, that they're understaffed.
2: True. Yes. And they, they're dancing around that issue. Mm-hmm. That is the problem. That is why this happened. So you have five inmates with one female corrections officer, and you know my my older brother's a CEO in another state, and him and I have had this conversation, and he said, "Why on earth would they not have other officers there?"
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He said the way they do it is that the unarmed officers lead the prisoners, and then the one with the uh, weapon comes up from behind is is walking behind everybody mm-hmm. so that was one little thing tidbit that he had mentioned and kind of makes sense he said that when we go into court he said we have to check our weapon in
0: mm-hmm.
2: we have to check it in and then we get it back when we leave so that is not the problem that is not the procedure in Blair County Right. So maybe it is at the courthouse, but there's so much going on at central court now that it's probably getting somewhat as busy as the actual courthouse. So there needs to be more procedures in place. And if money is the issue, then maybe there's a couple of jobs at the courthouse that are unnecessary. Maybe it's time to abolish these unnecessary jobs to actually free up money to pay corrections officers to have sheriff officers there.
1: Well, so, speaking of unnecessary, I was going through the Altoona City budget the other night, the 2022 finalized one. It's up on, anybody can get on there and look. It's on altoonapa.gov. You can look at the budget and see what everybody makes. And I think the mayor's going to make 75000 this year and the city manager's going to make 150000 Now, my question is, why in the hell in, in a city with, I think is like... 30, 38,000, 40,000 people now, why do you have a mayor and a city manager and why the hell are they making that kind of money when the average income around here is like maybe 30 grand?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the situation in Tyrone too. And I'm sure Bellwood, the city manager makes well over 70,000. Now I'm not sure what the mayor makes, but How, how can you justify that in a town with less than 5,000 people? Mm -hmm. So you just mentioned the mayor of Altoona, compare that to mayors of smaller communities in Blair County, they're making the same amount of money. Mm -hmm. So the tax base in Tyrone, let's say, is nowhere near the tax base of the city of Altoona or Holidaysburg, let's say. Right. Um. How do you justify a borough manager making that kind of money? Are people in the communities these communities that dumb? Do they not see this?
1: Well, I but they, I I would bet if you'd ask the average person, they have no idea what these people are making. No idea. I, I'm I mean, sure you, they don't. you look at the district. I think uh, Pete Pete Weeks this year. I, I'm because I did look at the Blair County budget the other night too, and it was like the District Attorney's office is still like up around 150 grand, 160 grand, I think. It's like, but then you have your public defenders making 30 grand a year. It's like, okay, so what's the disconnect here? Yeah,
2: exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That, that is a big unfair. Uh, I mean, that whole situation, just what they make financially public defenders, Mm -hmm. that creates an uneven playing field for anyone that's accused of a crime. Right. So you know that that's not okay, well, I mean, and that
1: and you have people coming out of law school, which is not the cheapest career to you know pursue. And then you're making right. thirty grand a year, and you have all these cases. I mean, it, you're kind of stacking the you know stacking the deck against them, but they they don't care because that's the way they want it to be,
2: so since we brought this income uh, up as far as any county um, employees, how does Operation R Town funnel money to the district attorney's office and to any of these people that are getting paid additional money, like the drug task force officer uh, Chris Moser? Is he co- being compensated by Operation R Town as well? Like, what's the story on that?
1: Well, the way they the way they did it, because I'm I'm not actually sure right now if they have a. Privately paid drug prosecutor because obviously the original one was Pete Weeks. They hired him right out of law school back in 2007. And that's part of the reason I don't like him too, is because like the only the only experience he's ever had is he was basically like you know Rich Consiglio's right hand drug prosecutor for what 13 years? No, I can't do math. 15, 16 <laughs> years now. Um, yeah. Still stuck in 2020 when the world stopped turning. But <laughs> you know, it's like you you look at this stuff and and the way they did it was, and this is how they got around it, because it's it's illegal per state and federal law to pay for basically a private organization to pay a public official. Because right. you would call that bribery. <laughs> that's that's what that is.
0: Exactly. So what exactly. they would
1: do is Operation Our town would donate the money. It would be, allegedly get put into the county slush fund, but that exact amount of money that they donated was what the salary of Pete Weeks was. So they would say, oh, no, it's not illegal because he's being paid by the county, and they just donate that money. But then when, I, I distinctly remember there was an article or some there was some issue going on where they were um, <clears throat> fighting about the the amount or something, and it was like, Okay, so it's you're kind of like trying to wash the money through the county, but clearly what they're putting in is what he's taking out. So how is that like you can kind of, you know, play through the what do they call it the the mental gymnastics or whatever of it, but at the right, end of the right. day, they're basically paying him his entire salary so wow. this private organization that specializes in allegedly going after the drug dealers is paying the drug prosecutor. And the whole reason why you want your prosecutors and they're, they're paying the police over time too. The whole reason you want those people to be paid by the state is because it's supposed to come from tax dollars is because it's supposed to be, they're supposed to be impartial, which obviously they're not, but then you have this private organization that's paying them. So it could almost be the point where, and that's the thing too is, you, ha- you and this is a big issue where you have the the board of directors or whatever the hell they're called, I can't even remember, but they basically you could have Michael Fiore say, "Well, we don't think this case is worth looking into, so we're not going to do the funds so you guys aren't going to go after these people, and you know wow. not saying they are, or they aren't, but they could be selling drugs for Michael Fiore.
2: So, basically, they have, like, this board of directors or administrators for Operation Our Town, and they sit down and decide who's going to catch charges and who's not mm-hmm. by funding or not funding certain um, people that are on the list of people. Uh, you know, selling drugs or selling to a CI or whatever.
0: Right. So
2: these people are going to catch charges for doing whatever criminal activity. And this, this group of people who are not actually law enforcement, they're just private citizens. They're making a decision as to who catches charges and who doesn't. Right. So what that says to me is, and this should be clear to everyone that if it would be, let's say, Michael Fiore's nephew or his kid or something like that, or a family member of his, that one's going to get thrown out. Mm-hmm. We're never going to hear about it. So, but if it's somebody else, he's a nobody, I guess you could say to them, mm-hmm. um, they're going to catch the charges.
1: Yeah. So it's. I don't understand how anybody because you know it's another grand conspiracy it's like, have you looked at the goddamn facts? Like you right. don't see a problem here and you know, like th- these people that are that say that we're we're out there, you know, pushing this narrative and blah blah blah, and conspiracy it, it's it's not really a conspiracy theory. like it's it's on the damn website.
0: <laughs> right,
2: exactly. And you know, just a perfect example of how people slip through the cracks. Um, you know, we talked about Richard Ewing before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people got their feathers ruffled over that. Uh, people that know him or family members and that sort of thing. But sorry, he's a pretty good example example of how corrupt the system is. Mm -hmm. This is a guy that was arrested over and over and over again for the same things and was able to walk away from it every single time. Finally, he kills somebody, an innocent person. Oh, well, we need to do something now.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And you know that, and then the whole, this whole, I just had some information. Now this is secondhand information, but I was told who one of the people are that they're going to trace the guns that he had back to. This person traded him a gun for drugs, meth or whatever drugs he
0: sells. Mm -hmm.
2: So I know the name and I'm going to be watching to see if this person catches charges for illegally selling a weapon to Richard Ewing. Right. Because in my opinion, and a lot of people I'm hoping agree with me, that contributed to in an indirect way to this woman being killed in that accident. Mm-hmm. So, you know, did, are they going to trace all the weapons? Did they trace all the weapons? Like, where did he get the weapons? Right. You know, and, and that sort of thing. And then I was also told that, and this is secondhand as well. So I can't confirm this as fact, but this is just something to think about, but they say, that somebody said that he is associated with a gang in Altoona and that's who was paying his bail. Like through a bail bondsman, that they were paying his bail for him to get out. Mm-hmm. And I've heard of that happening before in other situations right. where you have someone like you either get me bailed out or I'm bringing the whole operation down. So that could very well be true. So there's a lot of twists and turns and there's a lot of information with this Richard Ewing that people are not aware of mm-hmm. and is it going to get brushed under the carpet? Is it, you know, or are they going to act on it? That's my big question.
1: Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Cause, and I think the big thing is too, with enough of the exposure that's out there and people that realize what's going on because of, you know, we're putting it out there. They kind of, and I've seen this happen before where kind of stuff gets out in the public eye that maybe nobody would have paid attention to before. Cause nobody's really, you know, y- you do have to put the pieces together for a lot of this stuff. It's not, they don't put it out there, but right, it's, right, it, it's out there, but you have to look for it. And then once you start putting the pieces together, it's like, you know, holy shit, this is, this is going on and this is very wrong, but.
2: Right. So in the corruption page, the whole narrative that we're trying to show is the other side of the story. Everything you read, like in the Elton Amir or any other news media, is a one-sided story. There is another side to the story. And we want people to be aware of that. We want to bring up particular cases that we see and hear of just to make awareness and also get a conversation going. People will agree with what you're saying, or they may disagree with your, what you're saying, and we've had plenty of that on our page. So, um, But that's okay. You don't want to agree with it. You want to throw uh, insults, accusations, and don't do the crime if you can't do the time, <laughs> yeah. you know, that kind of thing. You can change the narrative all you want because yeah. we we believe in the entire Constitution, not just part of it. We believe in free speech, mm-hmm. so and that's why we don't ban anyone that's trying to cause any, you know, static on the page. So, but this last thing that I posted about these two people that um, possibly could be a confidential informant, and that's all it is—it's a possibility—and their names were not printed at all, mm-hmm. and they—they they knew who I was talking about. They responded themselves to the page. <laughs> so if you would want to make yourself look guilty, you certainly just did that. Well, and then the and comment was, you know, prove it. Prove that I'm a CI. You just proved you're a CI. I didn't have to. Right. You walked right into it.
1: Well, and the other thing people need to keep in mind, because all you're going to get from the media is that other, you know, far-establishment, narrative whatever from that's what you're going to get in the newspaper you're not going to hear so when people are kind of like oh you guys are just on the the side of the criminals or whatever we're not really on anybody's side we're just telling that side of the story and in all honesty in a lot of these circumstances if you want to find the truth you have to look at both sides and it's probably somewhere in the middle you know exactly but the fact that that the other narrative is already out there i don't really feel the need to like it wouldn't make sense for me to try and be more toward the middle because it's like that other side's already out there and this side isn't. So it, it, you know, but people don't seem to get that and they just say, Oh, you're, you know, promoting this or whatever. Cause like, honestly, I personally, for me, like if somebody wants to go do drugs or sell drugs, like that doesn't really affect me. Now, if you have, you know, somebody's on drugs and they need money and they start stealing your shit, then yeah, that's a little bit different. But just exactly. using drugs doesn't affect me i'm I've never done drugs. Anybody that's wondering because you know well you had a case against you, well, actually, I was accused of uh threatening to shoot a drug dealer when I broke up an underage drinking party, so in case anybody's yeah. wondering about that, and it took right. it, took a jury ten minutes to find me not guilty, so I think in Blair County that's pretty impressive, you know, not right. to, and, to toot my own mm-hmm. horn, but
2: <laughs> i I I've never indulged in any drug activities. You know, I don't support people doing drugs. I think that it can destroy your life, your children's lives, your family's lives.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the the overdose uh, resulting in death rate is pretty high in our area. Mm-hmm. So we want, you know, we're not trying to, you know, say, look, you're a piece of shit because... You're outing these people and you know what we're saying is you are incriminating innocent people right also you're dragging them down with you just because you may be a friend with them on Facebook or something and you want to just get as many control buys as possible to save your own ass then there's a good possibility that an innocent person could end up getting convicted and going to prison over something they had no involvement in that's the whole point of this whole thing so
1: and it's happened it's happened plenty of times it's not this isn't like a one one shot deal
2: (laughs) right and i you know i myself have solid proof of somebody that's been in that situation Mm -hmm. that is innocent and only association with the person that accused him is they, they knew each other in high school. And we're talking 15 years ago, haven't talked to each other since then. So that's all it takes. That's the point we're trying to make. So they reach out to the page right away, knowing that it, the the narrative that was, or the post that was on there was about them. How did they know it was about them? <laughs> yeah. The only <laughs> thing is when she contacted the page, she said that, Whenever her house was raided, her children were there and the grandmother, I think she said grandmother or a family member was willing to take the children with, with her to get them out of that situation. And the police refused to let these children out of that situation that they had to sit there and watch the whole turn of events. Mm -hmm. I have to agree with her on that. Regardless if she really had drugs or there were drugs in the house or what was going on. The children had nothing to do with it. Right. If the grandmother was willing to take the children out of that situation, that should have been okay. So I will agree with her on that. So, um, you know, those are the kind of things that we're trying to expose. Not the fact that you could possibly be a CI but why are they allowing children to possibly damaged mentally for the rest of their lives by witnessing this so if you're doing the drugs yeah you have a part in that but when you have a family me- member that comes along and they seem legit and sane they should be allowed to take the children their own grandchildren out of the situation
1: right and wow. not
2: have to go through the whole process and it channels the channels of CYS
1: and and that's 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 probably a rabbit hole i'll go down at some point is the the cys and the kids for cash and there's some really messed up shit that goes on with that that people if if you're if you've never been involved in like a custody battle or anything like it's very eye-opening once you see how one goes and it's it's really awful because you know the court will sit there and say oh it's you know it's we're we're doing what's in the children's best interest. Well, how in the hell is it in the children's best interest to have both parents, no matter whether they're good parents or not? That's not even in this equation, but they're spending tens of thousands of dollars because you will spend tens of thousands of dollars on an attorney to go to court over and over again and they'll play these games. And if the kids aren't old enough, they don't get a say in it, and it's it the whole thing is it's absolutely it's disgusting.
2: It's mind-blowing. It really is. And because those children, and and there's a lot of people that are at fault for it, including the parents, these children will remember this for the rest of their lives. And how is that going to affect them when they become an adult? Right. So you have the chance to get them out of the situation. That should be the first thing that you do. Mm -hmm. And what, what really kills me is this whole organization that, because we care foundation, isn't that what their whole motto is?
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I think that's where,
2: w- yeah. Where were they with that situation or any situation that's similar to that?
1: Well, I, that, that's honestly, that's another thing we kind of need to look into is that because we care, because I know the folks running that, I think there's uh, i I'm just going to say there's probably some shady stuff going on and I'd like to dig into it more is right. it, it ties the, that, that, that's another rabbit hole for another day, but that that's definitely that's something right. we'll have to look into too.
2: Right. So, you know, I, you know, like I said, the, the conversation and the posts that are going on on the thread, it's a lot of back and forth stuff. And, you know, this Mr. Keller that posts on there, he, he's basically saying, say this to my face. Okay. Mm. well, what, what, what are you trying to accomplish with that?
1: Well, that, that's my question. Like when I, yeah, when, are, are you, when, you when, when certain people, incendiary people are like, oh, I'll be on your podcast, we're going to do it in person. Like, well, are we doing a podcast or are we doing a cage match? Cause I'm betting on me either way.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and
2: you know, we're, we are cowards because we hide behind a page and it's like, we have a reason for that. why do you think there are confidential informants Mm -hmm. because it's confidential and you don't want to put that person in harm's way
1: well and and, and like i explained before it's when it's a small group of people and you're literally going up against the government's on the other side who has unlimited resources and money and everything you gotta play your cards a little bit differently and this whole like I, I don't I really don't get the whole like it's so honorable to out yourself because like you know if you if you're in Russia now and you criticize Putin like you just disappear you know
0: and exactly. lo- luckily
1: in this country <laughs> as far as I know that doesn't really happen all those I think it does sometimes but it, yeah it's yeah. it's the same thing and I know for an absolute fact because the only reason my case went anywhere is because they got a stick up their ass because the stuff I was saying and I have been you know even before any. That that case or anything ever happened? Like I was questioning this Operation Art Town stuff because it didn't make sense to me, you know. And, right, and I'll right. be the first to admit, like back in the day, like I was, you know, the the bootlicker and rah rah, and everybody needs to go to jail. But as you as you get older and you start looking at stuff and you have different life experiences, and especially when you end up in the middle of it, you start to look at things a little bit differently.
2: Exactly. There's some. There's some kind of wake up call eventually for just about everybody
1: just about everybody
0: (laughs) right
2: and some people know that not all law enforcement or people in the judicial system are actually out for your best interest or they want to be uh doing human services or whatever they're not a lot of times they're not in it for the right reasons Mm -hmm. um that can go clear down to somebody who's on the borough council. They don't have good intentions right. and they have no, you know, and, and the person that keeps posting on our page and challenging us and wanting to know who we are and everything, you know, some of the things that he said through messenger, that is narcissism. One Oh one. Like, yeah. I am perfect.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: you have to think like me. Cause if you don't, you're no damn good or you're a piece of shit. Well, I'm and right and you're wrong.
1: My my That's favorite it. part about the whole thing is, you know, he was, oh, stolen valor, blah, blah, blah. And I sent him, and it was funny because it was like he didn't, I figured he'd say, you know, oh, you just, you just got that on Google or whatever. And it's like, no, that was my participation trophy, which I joke about it because – that medal that they gave out was worthless because everybody in the unit got one literally for being there. It was a participation trophy. Now when I put that out there, I wasn't like, you know, Oh look how great I am and this and that. And yeah, you weren't in combat, whatever. Like I, I'm one of those people, like it's honestly awkward for me when somebody's like, Oh, thank you for your service. Cause like I never fucking did anything, you know? And I I put that out there. Like, I don't feel like I, and, and even him, you know, Oh, I was in combat and this and that. It's like, okay, but, you were paid for it, right? Like you didn't do that for free Exactly. <laughs> at, at some point, exactly. like, like, and you're by far not the only one. And, you know, we already had the conversation about support troops and, you know, there's, there is no infantry without the support troops backing them up. And that's, you look at how, I mean, look at the Ukraine invasion and Russia's having some issues with, um, supply lines and stuff and that they just right. grind to a halt. Cause that's what happens.
2: Exactly. And there are so many different people behind the scenes that allow the people in the front lines to be able to function.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And with modern technology, especially, you need to have experts in the communication aspect. You know, a friend of mine um, that I've known for years, he was in the military for 20-some years, and he was an interpreter. Mm
0: -hmm. That was
2: his job in the military, and that's an important job. Um, you know, he was very fluent in different languages, um, Arabic and Greek and those kind of languages that I don't know anybody else that is fluent in those type of languages. So that was his job in the military. Mm -hmm. And he is a very, you know, he should be respected for what he's done. Right. So, and there are a lot of people that served in the military that weren't there during wartime but that doesn't mean when they signed up they didn't know that right they don't know if they're going to end up going to war or being you know overseas in the in the midst of the combat and that sort of thing i never served in the military so i can't sit here and say um well, what you did in the military wasn't really relevant. I'm not going to sit there and say that because I never served. And I have no right to say that. And I had said this before, whenever my husband and I are out in public and we're in a restaurant and we see someone who's a veteran, they have a hat on or something like that. Mm -hmm. We buy them their lunch or dinner or whatever. We don't ask them, well, did you
1: yeah did did you you actually get shot at you know or because it's not you're you're not a real veteran
2: (laughs) yeah if you if you didn't do that you're not a real veteran we don't ask that we just know they're a veteran and that's good enough for us well and And that's the way it should be for everyone
1: the other side of the coin is because you have two schools of thought and he he was kind of operating on both of them because it's like okay so you have yeah you served your country or whatever but there's a lot of shit bags in the military too. Like just because you serve doesn't mean you're a, a good person or anything. Because it's like he has that. Yeah. He has some kind of chip on his shoulder about something because he he keeps putting out there. Oh, I did this for years in state police and whatever, and it's like, well, you were probably a real fucking prick to deal with, you know? Right. Right. He <laughs> caught somebody doing six over the speed limit. He probably went on was screaming at him. You know, this <laughs> one of those.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah but
2: yeah. I know, and it's like, uh, how do we? What did he? You know, there's different types of uh, state troopers. There's mm-hmm. ones that are just traffic control. You know, should if that was he actually, you know, involved in, uh, you know, investigating like some serious crimes like murder or <laughs> right. you know, drugs or anything, or was he traffic control? Yeah, traffic so,
1: cop. You know, I was yeah. I was a, I was a traffic cop before actually technically. So
2: yeah, so. <laughs> Like, it, should we minimize the traffic? State police.
1: Well, yeah, that's one thing I should it, ask him. I mean, like, <laughs> hey, since since I did a little bit of security forces augmentee, like, does that does that make my service count now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it does. So, and I don't know.
2: Yeah. Well, as far as I'm concerned, it all counts. <gasps> I have two brothers that were in the military. They were back in the it was back in the 80s, early 90s, and they were in during Desert Storm, and my older brother, he was in the Air Force, and his job was the geographic locations of where they were doing the convoys. Now, he wasn't personally or, you know, physically there, but he was behind the scenes. So, why is his job irrelevant? Because he wasn't in combat.
1: Right. Well, and the other thing is, too, I mean, if you plan a good route and you avoid some IEDs, you're saving lives, or if you playing a shitty route you might get some people killed so in a lot of ways that job's even more important you know
2: and you know my brother has two degrees that he had gotten while he was in the military and um he he he's a corrections officer now and um he's been a corrections officer for many many years he was in the military for many years and so he's an upstanding citizen like Mm he he does his job and he deals with inmates on a daily basis and stuff, and you know, so he's part. He knows exactly what is going on. Let's say as far as what happened with Rhonda, Rhonda Russell. In my opinion, he's an expert. He has the mil- he has military background, right? And he also has um, you know, Russian officer background. He also used to work for the U.S. Customs, so he's a well-rounded person, very intelligent, mm-hmm. and he he is you know, I get a lot of advice from him and I think that he is an expert. So a lot of stuff that I relay is coming from him a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, should I not respect him now? Because he's, he's, (laughs) he wasn't in combat.
1: Yeah. It's
2: like, he's just a phony now. I mean, seriously. Yeah. So I, I mean, for you to compare your service to another person's service, um, because and say i'm better than you because i did this and you didn't that that is just so wrong it's it's narcissistic behavior well and And, that's
1: kind of like the the vibe i get from him like everything's a dick measuring contest like and i don't understand why but i mean if he's so righteous and right about everything why is he worried about what i'm saying you know,
2: right. So, yeah, if he doesn't like what we have to say on the page, then go to a different page that you like what they say. Exactly. You know, our whole narrative is exposing the other side of the story. He himself had a situation where he actually was named in a uh, article in a newspaper mm-hmm. and they, they told their side of the story. Yeah. We were just, hear just your because side the AG story
1: didn't, too. yeah, just because the AG didn't press charges doesn't mean it wasn't a crime. And it's like, well, I mean,
2: But he just contradicted himself, (laughs) exactly, because he's saying if you can't do the time, don't do the crime. You know, there he is. There, you know, he's complaining that they did him wrong, Mm -hmm. and the only reason why it wasn't made into any criminal charges is because the AG, just because the AG or the DA decided not to doesn't mean it wasn't a crime. So why does he not feel that way about anyone else that's accused of something?
1: Exactly. And we both know how the DA's office operates. If they can charge somebody with something or even stretch it, they're going to do it. And the fact that he was exactly. a f- former state trooper, you really think they're not going to back him up? Like he, he obviously pissed some people off and they, <laughs> I, 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 like I said, I would love to hear that conversation. Cause I've got a funny feeling. He, uh, used some no, no words <laughs> that, uh, yeah. that would back up some yeah. of our other thoughts about him probably. So that, that's yeah. just my and, take on it. But,
2: and, you know, try, I mean, I hate talking about it because I don't want to give him any kind of platform or a pat <laughs> on the back of any kind whatsoever. Um, but, it, it like, he brought this on himself by the comments on mm-hmm. the uh, corruption page. And it's like, we tried to explain to him, like, we're not saying that people that commit crimes that are guilty of doing drugs or selling drugs, we're not saying that they aren't, that everybody's innocent of that.
1: Right. I, I think um, maybe, above all, we're basically saying, hey, question everything like that. That's basically right. my mentality. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it would be more wrong not to question everything.
2: Exactly. So <laughs> so we're just supposed to accept the fact that when somebody uh, a criminal themselves, that's a, you know, put into a CI position um, who doesn't want to face their own consequences that like we're supposed to just everybody they name Without any real proof, we're supposed to accept that. That's not okay. That is against the Constitution. Right. And
1: and and that's the know, whole thing. Is it? Like I said, it comes down to which alleged criminal do you believe, and why does one have a hundred percent credibility and the other has zero? It doesn't make sense.
2: Right. We want everyone. <laughs> and and let's talk about the case about the uh, the Travis McMaster's case.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So here's a guy that acted as a teenager to solicit young people and get them to send inappropriate pictures to him. And because he worked in the district attorney's office after he, you know, of course he got caught and 600 contacts with underage people is what he would, you know, did 600. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. And he got fifteen days in jail and fifteen days of house arrest, and then <laughs> whenever uh, he got to go to therapy. So he's cured now. Well, I don't know about anybody else, but I would never let my children around this guy.
1: Well, the interesting thing was even the uh, what was it the state pr- state parole whatever who does like the interview and the evaluation. Right. They, even they were like, "Yeah, he's a he should be classified as the whatever sex offender," and then Milliron's like, "Oh no, no, no," because you know Milliron kind of uh, has an affinity for certain pedophiles. It's right. It, it, the and information's there, right out there.
2: There is a Pennsylvania Predators organization, and also Veterans Against Predators. They have winded this story. Mm-hmm. So this is this story has is on its way to becoming nationally known that this judge allowed this person to not have to register as a sex offender and did n- hardly any jail time and got to go to therapy all based on the fact because they worked in the DA's office. I mean, that's the only common denominator because the other case you know more about the other case that they were sentenced to what to at least a year in prison over. Um,
1: Yeah, I, I'd have to pull up the article, but it they, Basically, they're, they're going to jail. McMaster's isn't. McMaster's actively made a profile to solicit pictures from underage kids, posing as an underage kid himself. This guy, like, yeah. had child port on his phone. So, it, and, uh, like, obviously both of those things are wrong, and obviously I'm not going to let my kids around either one of those creeps. But right. which one is more heinous, you know? which exactly. one is worse that, that obviously when you get on and pose as a to solicit these pictures from kids that's worse i don't think anybody would even question that
2: and he worked as a witness coordinator and mm-hmm. also in the past worked as uh like with family services where he he dealt with victims of abuse yeah children
1: that that, was, that probably got his jollies off when he got to hear the stories of what happened to people you know that, yeah that's pretty How sick. Sickening. That's it is sickening, but you know, that's I would be really surprised if that wasn't the case, you know.
2: Yeah. So he was able to manipulate people that hired him mm-hmm. into thinking he had good intentions, but in all actuality, he did not. Yep. And and it's kind of like a Jerry Sandusky, Dottie Sandusky thing where she thought he she still to this day thinks he's innocent. Mm-hmm. And this guy, this McMaster's wife, is completely supporting him and thinking that he's he's healed now. Right, he's okay now. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, that I have to laugh because, oh my gosh! Well, and it's like if these don't have a clue.
1: If if these government officials had any shred of dignity, the people that have worked for them in the past, when they get caught up on something like that, like wouldn't wouldn't you throw the freaking book at them to make a point of like, hey, we're not going to tolerate this? wouldn't yeah, that make exactly. more sense?
2: <laughs> exactly. So,
1: but I mean, we um, know the then, way Rich ran that office. They were they were It's it, you can't even really yeah. put it into words the way they just turned a blind eye to a lot of shit.
2: Exactly. And uh the state trooper that was arrested for you know, child pornography and allegedly had child pornography. I want to make that clear that we haven't convicted him and, you know, in the, uh, on our page or anything like that. But, you know, it, if he's found guilty, okay. Doesn't that tell you that law enforcement can be corrupt? They -hmm. can break the law and they're just as human as anybody else.
1: Well, and, and that's the thing, and, and a lot of people go back that oh, there's just a few bad apples. Well, there's the bad apples, and then there's the other apples that let the bad apples keep doing what they're doing.
2: Right, so,
1: right.
2: So that's one thing we we need, we need want to make clear on our page is that not all law enforcement are on the up and up. Mm-hmm. There are corrupt law enforcement. And,
1: and some, sometimes it goes all the way to the top, and that's why it keeps going on. All right, folks, that's all I got for today. And don't forget you can follow Better Dead Than Red on Telegram. I got a Facebook page. Um, I usually put updates on my uh, Instagram page as well. So be sure to get on all those, and I'll see you guys hopefully in a week.